Okay, so uh, 11 days ago, fast started 10 days ago, 11 mm. days ago, it's Tuesday, and um, I wake up yeah. in the morning, just to, my routine is to go before the Lord uh, in the morning, mm. and um, just I uh, do that, go before the Lord, and just uh, talk to Him, and, and uh, you know, fellowship with Him, love Him up, and, uh, you know, praise Him, Amen. beseech Him. Uh, so uh, I sit down to go to work, and, uh, you know, there's, there's an attack, you know, of the enemy. This isn't unnormal, um, and everybody in this room knows that. So uh, I, I say no to it, and then boom, again. I say no to it, and boom, again. And before I know it, I'm in an all-out war, and uh, it's hard for me to even work. It's hard for me to concentrate. I'm, I'm trying to fight, and yet I'm retreating and seemingly uh, have no control over it. I know uh, uh, you're not supposed to have that happen, uh, knowing that the authority that we have in Christ, and, uh, and yet here I am um, uh, uh, isolating really quickly. And I'm helping coach a basketball team with Tim Hartman, uh, whose son uh, plays ball, and so we're we're coaching a team uh, on the east side of Toledo, a fifth and sixth grade boys. It's just a beautiful experience of getting to minister to you know eight nine uh, kids, <clears throat> you know three or four times a week. It is just an absolute blessing, and uh, has really been a blessing for me to get to invest in these kids' lives. And and uh, um, I I in this amount of time I I quit coaching basketball. I'm not coaching anymore, and and I'm, I'm so intense in this fight that, that that I all of a sudden I realize I'm having a hard time moving. This is three or four hours into my day, and my neck and my shoulders are so, you know, uh, just intensely mm. hurting that I'm like, what happened to me? Mm. What happened? Mm. Did I play? one-on-two with DJ and Pastor yesterday in basketball? No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't do anything. I'm, I'm thinking, what did I do? I did nothing. It was a spiritual attack that seemed like a, it, it came on a physical front, you know. And, and then I, I, I was going to go to a conference last weekend called The Call in Columbus with nine of, you know, just nine beautiful people, just all like you, you know. And uh, so we, we uh, you know, are going to go to this and just, you know, get to love on each other and get ministered to at the same time. And I, I'm not going. Mm. I'm, I'm just not going. I'm not going to it. And then I quit coming to The Rock. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. You know, I mean, I'm, yeah. this is like no joke. And, and I'm, I'm serious. This all happened to me. So I this one day, so in one day the attack came over you and in your, and all these things happened. All, you made a commitment in, in your mind. You'd given up on church in a sense or given up on so many things just because of the heaviness of the attack. Is that what it, right? That's it. That's mm -hmm. exactly it. Precisely. Mm. And wow. I text Tim Hartman. I say, um, hey man, you got to take. Uh, basketball today. I'm not going to be able to make it. That's my text. Bling. He calls me immediately. And he's like, what? What are you talking about? Come on. You know? And he doesn't go into detail. And I don't tell him the truth of what's happened. I just don't. I just not able to make it. So he respectfully backs off of me. But the sound of his voice, hmm. you know, pierced my heart and pierced my soul. That a brother hmm. in the Lord 
he doesn't know what's going on, but just mm -hmm. the sound of his voice. Mm -hmm. And uh, I hung the phone up, and I started to just wrestle and say, Lord, uh-uh. I'm not retreating. Come on. I'm not isolating. I'm not anesthetizing. I'm going into this fast tomorrow, and I'm walking with my brothers and sisters right here at the Rock. Mm. I'm going. And so I did. I went to basketball practice. It was beautiful and a blessing. And, and it just so happened, uh, nothing that I had anything to do with, that Nick Bailey was picking Tim up um, that evening right after practice, and Tim was like, you're going with me tonight because hmm. I did get to tell him what happened prior to practice starting. And so, you know, just it could have been any one of my brothers and sisters, right, being used by the Lord yeah. to say, huh, -uh, man, you ain't going to be alone tonight. Let's let's just do this thing together. And I went out there and they were fixing a car and I sat in a chair and watched them and, <laughs> and barked out orders like I'm really good at doing. <laughs> so, all right. So, uh. Fast forward uh, to Sunday, um, I, I, uh, I come to church, and what a glorious day it was last Sunday in the house mm. of the Lord. It was just beautiful. We had started the fast, and there was just a, an expectancy and an excited, you know, uh, atmosphere and, and just mm. the spirit of God, like he always does, is so faithful, came and met us. And, and then I got to go out to eat with uh, just some dear uh, friends of mine, and, uh, and it was beautiful. We had a blast, and, and I come home uh, to that, and I step in my house, and, and I am just more than excited to run up to my delicious bed and <laughs> fall asleep for a nice long Sunday afternoon nap. And um, I get in, and I'm like, I just get to the side door. I walk through the kitchen, dining room, and the kitchen. I get to the living room, and I'm like, snap! I stop, and I, I can see my breath, you know. I'm, it's freezing in here. You know, I go to the thermostat, and I, it's 57, 56, 55. Oh, 50, brother. You know, it's just, it's like, I'm like, snap. I go down to the basement. I try to, you, you know, is mechanically inclined. I looked at the furnace. Yep, it's not working. Okay. <laughs> I call a dude up, company up, and... Uh, he comes out, he walks in my door, he walks downstairs, he opens the thing up, he goes, yup, that thing's broken, you owe me 130 bucks, and by the way, I can't fix it. <laughs> what? You gotta be kidding me, my house is freezing. So I had to pay him the 130 on the spot, and I'm bummed. I am discouraged. I'm like, seriously? Mm -hmm. This is how this thing is gonna be? <laughs> really? This is where we're going with all this? You mm -hmm. know? I'm bummed. And so... Uh, I, I end up uh, calling another guy who calls a guy who calls me. <laughs> he, he, he says, yeah, I can come out and look at it right now. By now it's 6, six o'clock in the evening. And uh, I said, uh-uh, man. I just had a dude walk in and told me it was broke and charged me 130 bucks. We're not doing that again, okay? <laughs> he goes, all right, I'll come out. I won't charge you nothing. And, uh, and if I can't fix it, I won't charge you nothing. He comes out. This is a real blessing, and yet I'm, I'm still discouraged, but, you know, found the blessing in this uh, afterwards. And, uh, you know, he, he, he says, 
this is a really unusual furnace. It's really old. Uh, we will, uh, he goes, I, I tore one of these apart a couple years ago. Let me go home and see if I still got the parts in my garage. He goes home, comes back, rebuilds the thing. It's, it's up and running by 10 p.m., and he charged me 200 bucks. That's a blessing. Okay? That's mm. a blessing. It is. Um, and I knew it, but I'm still tempted to, you know, even mm. after what happened Tuesday, even saying yes, I'm not going to retreat, but, you know, but, but, but boom, I get a left hook, you know, <laughs> in the chops. And so Sunday, Monday, Tuesday comes. I go through the normal routine. I'm excited. Things are good. I go to basketball practice. It's 4.15. I give the kids a little water break. I look at my phone. I got a text that I lost my job. My boss texted me and said, I've been trying to call you. I'm so sorry. Uh, I lost uh, three accounts. Uh, you, you, you're unemployed. I just really apologize about that. And now I'm out there. I'm just out there a little bit, you know. And, mm-hmm. and so uh, I'm like, you know, again, just questioning things. Just, you know, but saying, no, I'm, I'm not retreating. No, the enemy's not going to have his way here. So I end up going to the call, okay, this uh, all day. Uh, it just was a beautiful time of just with really my brothers and sisters in Christ, you know. And, and at the call, I get a... Uh, um, I just want to say real quickly that those three things, and, and, and I'm talking to everybody in here because everybody in here is going through some stuff. Mm-hmm. Some of us, multiple stuff. Some yeah. of us got some stuff on us that is heavy. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Mm-hmm. It's difficult. I'm estranged from three kids. I don't have time to go into telling you the six or seven other things that are going on in my life estranged from, you know, kids, having things said about me that aren't true, being accused falsely, uh, having a mother that um, is 85 and in need of Jesus, in need of Jesus. That's the best way to put it. Okay. I, having brothers and sisters that are so far out there that it is disheartening. Having kids that don't serve the Lord and some of it because of my brokenness. I'm not going there but in the name of jesus you know we got some stuff okay i go to the call i i I walk into the call i even don't know i went to the call because i was going with nine people who like me okay (laughs) today i got nine people that like me right (laughs) a year ago there wasn't nobody (laughs) except maybe dj only DJ. Only DJ. <laughs> I get down, I'm, I go find a corner in the call, this big building, and I say, uh, I get on my knees before the Lord. I'm like, Lord, I don't know why I'm here. I came here because, you know, I got to come with some people, you know, and I love you for that. You've given me a family, mm-hmm. a whole family God's given to me, you know, of people who like me and I love and who are pursuing the Lord and And uh, I get on my knees, I say, I don't know about this thing. I don't know about these people. I I don't know about all the hoopla and all this stuff. I said, but one thing I do know, they love you. 
They're pursuing you. They want to further the kingdom. They want the United States of America to be changed and full of love, every yeah. race, color, and creed, you know? Yeah. And so for this, I love, and I said, God bless this day. I get up. I start walking back and forth in the back. Give me a second, Brian. So he says, I love these people. He means in the conference. The call conference is like this worship conference where people are just all out, you know, seeking the presence of the Lord. And so it's kind of, you know, it can be a very weird environment if you're not ready for it. So that's kind of. Yes. Crazy. Thank you, Pastor. <laughs> Slow me down. Take a breath. <laughs> this kid comes up to me. Okay. Just a kid. He's got a staff shirt on. And um, he says, God told me to come up and talk to you. And, of course, you know, <laughs> I look at him like, okay. You know, not trying to be judgmental, not trying to be a goofball, just, okay. I, I say right on. He says, um, God's telling me that there's a Robert. Uh, is your name Robert? I said, no, my name's not Robert. There's a Robert. He just goes on taking a risk. Pastor will touch on that. Um, he says uh, he's got a bad back or he's, do, he, he's got back issues. He goes, do you know a Robert with back issues? I said, wow. Okay, now this is a coincidence. I have an older brother whose name is Robert who's had three back surgeries. Three. Okay? And now I'm like, okay. He's got my attention. He says, Robert's going to call you this week. He's going to tell you that his back is bad again. He's, he, he, you know, and you're going to pray for him. Mm. And, and, and God is going to heal him. And through that healing, Robert's going to get saved and set free. I said, you don't know my brothers and sisters, okay? He said, they're all going to get saved. <laughs> so then, of course, we're on a roll. I'm like, hey, Keenan, Kenny, Casey, Cody. You know, I, I started naming all my kids off, okay? Come on, keep praying, brother, okay? We need it. Oh, you picked a... The most needy dude in the house. You got him, okay? God does know what he's doing. <laughs> so I come home. I come home and um, I don't know. I think it was Thursday, maybe. I get a phone call from my brother Bobby, Robert. And he finds out I lost my job. And he says, hey, man, sorry about that. I said, hey, no problem. Right on. I'm not even, I forgot about Justin after I left the conference. Or really, I'm not, I'm being a goofball here, but after Justin walked away from me, I, I forgot. I did mention, you know, on the way home, I said, oh, something kind of crazy happened to me tonight when we were all traveling home and told them that story. But then, boom, it's out of my mind. Mm -hmm. My brother Bobby calls, says, I'm sorry you lost your job. And he goes, man, I bent over this morning and I tweaked my back. I am scared. And I was like, ding, you got, you're not going to believe what happened. I start yelling through the phone, you know. I go, I went to this thing. You got to understand, my family and my brother. I said, I went to this thing in Columbus. This guy comes up to me. He tells me that, he asked me if my name is Robert. He, he says there's a Robert with a bad back. He's going to call me this week. I said, God has picked you, Bobby. And he says, blankety blank, blank, blank. Blank, blank, blank. You're crazy. You can get creative with the blankety blanks. Okay? There's no exaggeration there. All right? And I said, what are you talking about? How am I going to make something like that up? I'm not making that up. 
God has handpicked you out of my family. You know, I have to pray for you right now. And, and he got silent. Okay, this is the brother who, when I got saved, I started telling everybody about the Jesus like we all do. The excitement of knowing who Christ is, you know, we start to just preach. Well, I'm in a, everybody I hang around with is an addict. Everybody. I just start preaching to everybody, right? They all start getting mad. My brother squares off with me in a driveway and says, I will kick your blankety blank, 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 blank right now if you don't shut your mouth and quit talking about Jesus. Straight up. You know, that happened in a driveway in the south end of Toledo. He's lucky he didn't hit me. I'd have dropped him quicker and I'll get up. My brother cannot whoop me, okay? Fast forward. He says, I need all the help I can get. He lets me pray for him. I prayed in the name of Jesus Christ. I prayed in the spirit, over the phone, over my brother. Thank you, Lord. For three or four minutes, I prayed, and I prayed hard, you know. And, and who orchestrated this? I didn't. Mm-mm. The God of heaven orchestrated this. Amen. Period. There was no risk for me. And God did it all by himself. Mm. The first words out of his mouth, I'm embarrassed to say this, was another expletive, but it was the Lord's name in vain. JC, he screams, not reverently. I can't blankety blank, blank, blank believe this. I can't feel my back. He goes, wait a second. And literally, all I could think of was like a televangelist, you know, when you're seeing them pray for people and they go, get up, stand up, bend over, do this, you know? Does it hurt? And my brother all by himself goes, wait a second, I'm standing up. And, and he, you know, he goes, I can't blankety blank believe this. I can't feel it anymore. (laughs) Are you serious? (laughs) And then he's like, blankety blank blank. I'm in a dream. This ain't real. Da 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 da. Oh, there's still a bubble back there. I said, no, there isn't. In Jesus' name, there is not. I got to talk to him for about 30 minutes. And he's going off in his own theology, you know, about, he said one thing, it was hilarious. He goes, if this really does work, maybe I'll come to church. I was like, oh, you're going to come to church, brother. You're getting saved, too. (laughs) I got to present the gospel to him. Yes, Lord. Simply, a simplicity of Bobby, this ain't about works. Mm. It is not about what you can do. It's not about who you are. It is a simple uh, commitment to Jesus Christ to say, yes, come on in, forgive me of my sins, cleanse me, save me. I'm walking with you now. Mm. That's it, Bobby. And then you don't have to do nothing. You, you know, really, nothing, there's nothing else you can do to get it to have it. You did it. Mm. You know, and of course, I went on, you know, a little bit. But it was a, a simple message for mm. so good. my brother Bobby. Um, that uh, happened to me. Can I, Thank can you, I Lord. read a Please go ahead. scripture here? So good. All right. The Lord is unbelievable. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, 11. Thank you, Lord. As I thought about my week and my life and, and uh, 
and, and the Lord gave this to me through a dear friend this morning. Um, uh, just a, just uh, let me just read it. Second Corinthians 12, 9 through 11. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, yes, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, Come on. in insults, in hardships, yes, in Lord. persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, he is then... Strong. I'm strong. He Amen. is strong. Heavenly Father, God, I just, uh, I ask you to forgive me, Lord, yes, for Lord. all the times I've retreated under duress, under difficulties, so under hardships, all the times that I've anesthetized, all the times that I fled, Father. And I thank you so much. Thank you with a grateful heart. Thank you with thank an you, appreciation Jesus. that I can't really describe right now. Thank you, Lord. Uh, of how good you are how good your mercy is, how good yes, your grace Lord. is, how you always pull us back, how yes, you Lord. always take care of us, how you always provide a way out for us, yes, how Lord. there is never anything that we can't stand up under because of who you are. We love you, Jesus. We yes, say Lord. thank you to you. We thank say you, yes to you today yes, for Lord. your glory. We give you the glory and the praise and the honor forever and ever and ever. Amen. Amen, amen. Isn't God good? Yes. Appreciate Thank you, brother. Amen. Isn't God good? It's incredible. You know, you begin your fasting journey 21 days, and it's not like the devil's going to sit back and let you just enjoy yourself and the Lord, right? There's going to be attacks. The enemy's not wanting you to get your breakthrough. And as you get your breakthrough, your breakthrough is not just for you, but you're blessed to be a blessing. We talked about that last week. And I just love Brian's story because from the gate, from the moment he set his mind to seek the Lord, the enemy was there. The Lord Jesus fasted for 40 days, and who was there? The enemy to try to attack. But Brian persevered, and in the perseverance, we see the way that God is doing a mighty, mighty work. Ain't that incredible? And you, don't, you really don't know all of the story and, and, and all of the ways of, 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 of how miraculous, just all the details, how miraculous this is. There is some serious animosity in this family for the name of Jesus Christ. And to see the Lord and his love reach out in this very powerful, supernatural way. It's awesome. And I, and I want to tell you this. I believe that God wants your life to be filled with testimonies of his power and his grace and his truth operating in you. And that's why you and I are engaged in this 21-day fast. But in the 21-day fast, things will come your way, right? Things will come your way. I talked to a family today this morning who said, boy, the moment the Lord put this in my heart to do this, all kinds of attacks have unleashed. Another family this week said, every time that we go through a fast, our family struggles with a sickness, right? And so it's because you're close to a breakthrough. So praise the Lord, amen? I also thought it just lined up so, it lined up so perfectly with uh, 
with, with the word for today, as we've been going through this journey of faith, understanding what it means to walk by faith, we define faith, we define that our faith is in Jesus Christ, and we looked at the life of Abraham as he begins his journey of faith. This is a journey, not just an arrival. How many of y'all know that you haven't arrived? Anybody with me? Or just me? We haven't arrived. We're on a journey with Jesus. And his journey of faith, right, there's trials, there's storms, but throughout that journey, God gives us the victory. So I'm going to pick up the text for the next 10 minutes, and um, before we close, just going to pick up this text, and uh, brother, would you help me with this pulpit? Would you? Thank you. And we're going to read the same scripture that we read last week, except we're going to focus on just three verses this morning, and, and then next week, we'll continue our, our discussion on Abraham and what we get to learn about our walk of faith, and throughout this fasting, and as you hear Brian's testimony, I hope that you can connect this and see what the Lord is saying to you today. I'm going to pick up in verse, uh, Genesis chapter 12, God calls Abraham, he calls him to leave his land, to leave everything he knows, uh, to go to where he promised him, a land that he's giving him, and Abraham responds to the call of God. And uh, we're going to pick up at verse 6, 7, 8, and 9. We're going to read there. Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem, to the oak of Morah. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give you this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on, still going toward the Negev. Now there was a famine in the land, so Abraham went down to Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was severe in the land. So here we go in this portion of Scripture. Abraham is walking by faith. God calls Abraham to leave everything he knows, to go, do this, to, go to this new land, just like God's called us to enter into this 21-day fast and seek him. And in the process of that going before the Lord, it is obvious that God meets his obedience with his promises. It is obvious that when God calls the men to walk by faith, he calls us to give up everything for him. And here at verse 7, 8, and 9, we notice something, that as Abraham continues to walk with the Lord, the more revelation about the calling of God comes to his life. At first, God says, I'm going to make you a blessing. I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing. But he doesn't describe what that looks like. But as Abraham continues to walk with the Lord, then the Lord continues to give greater revelation. And the greater revelation at this point is this. I'm going to use your offspring to be a blessing. It's through your seed that I'm going to make you a blessing to all generations. And I want to just tell you this. As you walk by faith, here's the truth of the kingdom of God. If you're going to be a follower of Jesus, here's the truth. God is waiting for you to respond to the things that he's revealed at first. Are you with me? Sometimes we want more revelation and more blessing and more favor. But God, there's going to be a time where God says, I've given you my blessing. I've given you my revelation. Now I'm waiting for your obedience. You know, sometimes we say, God, but we want to see more of the picture. Oh, God, I want to see more clearly what's ahead of me. Oh, God, I want to know what you're up to. And God says, my child that I love, the answer is no. I've given you all that you need for this moment. 
The Bible says, again, we talked about this last week, God is a, his word is a lamp to our feet and our light to our path. And man, there's, it's truth to it. There's times where God gives us a vision of the future, and it could be intimidating, but he gives us that vision. When I got saved two weeks into it, the Lord said, you're going to be a pastor. I said, no way, I'm not telling a soul, right? You know, I'm not telling anyone. But then there's moments where we're looking for that. We want that clear direction and God doesn't give it to us. And he says, you know what? That's not what you need right now. What you need is my lamp unto your feet. Just one step at a time, I'm going to give you guidance. Right? That's all you need right now. And I'm going to tell you something. God is waiting for us to respond to what he revealed at first. He's waiting for our obedience before he reveals more. This is why Jesus said to whom uh, you know, when, if you're faithful in the little, you will be faithful in the much, right? So God is just, in a sense, he's whetting our appetite for the things of the kingdom, and he's waiting for us to respond to his revelation. Let's be honest. If you've been in church for six months, if you've been in church for three months, you know, the truth of the matter is you probably received a lot of revelation. You live in America. You can have the Bible on your phone in multiple different translations. You've been blessed beyond measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. If I gave you a piece of paper, one piece of paper, and told you only Use the front side. You can't write on the back. Write down everything that God's revealed to you. You guys would be like, well, that would be an impossible task, right? Just too much. I say, well, all right, just write down three things. You'll write down those three things. Then I say, flip that paper over. On the other side, I want you to write the way that you applied those three things God's revealed to you. God's revealed enough. Can I get a witness? This is so the pot calling the kettle black. I ain't throwing stones. Don't judge me, right? Well, that's the reality, isn't it? God has revealed enough for us to walk in our victory. God has given you everything you need for life and righteousness, that you would escape the corruption in the world, and listen, the Bible says, and partake in the divine nature. It's powerful. So here's what we learn about the walk of faith. As you obey, the Lord reveals more. Brian was ready to give up. You know, in his mind, he gave, he gave up, but he listened to the encouragement of his brother. He got up. He coached that team. And on the journey, God began to do different things. But what if you were to quit? What if you wouldn't have gone to the call? We're talking about Robert's soul right now. There's a seed that has been planted the devil can't take away. Can I get a witness? <laughs> Here's a victory. Why? Because he said yes to the journey. There's victories that God's going to give you as you say yes to the journey. And God is just waiting. He's like, I can't wait till you take that step of faith because I got so much more for you. Do you understand that God smiles down saying, I can't, ooh, I can't wait. I can't wait to reveal to you all that I want to do through you. It's incredible. And then there's something also that happens in this journey. As Abraham Continue to jer continues his journey. You notice here, let's go back to that scripture, verse 7. We're going to read there, verse 7. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said to your offspring, I will give you this land. So he built, there, he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there, he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And I want to let you know something about this journey of faith. If we're going to be people who walk by faith, 
If we're going to be people who walk by faith, we got to be people who live at the altar of God. You know, I heard a pastor, Pastor Wooten, who is the presbyter of the Assembly of God in the state of Ohio. He said, boy, when, my, when I grew up, my mama was always at the altar at a church, constantly praying at the altar. And I had to be with her, kneeling down. I wasn't playing. I was kneeling down. Because if mama did one of these... And I was misbehaving, I was going to get it, right? So, so I, I lived at the altar. And he said, I'm so grateful for being able to be with my mother at the altar as she interceded. And I got to receive and hear all that. And now I have that rich experience. Your life is supposed to be lived, surrendered to God at the altar. Let me describe it in a different way. The Bible says that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit right? God's desire is that you would be a house for his Holy Spirit to take domain, right? And if there's any place in your life that there is an altar, your heart needs to be an altar before the Lord. And there needs to be certain declarations that come out of your heart that declare that God is the Lord of your life. And there are four altars that define Abram's, Abram's life. The first altar is an altar of praise, God reveals to him his will. God says, I'm going to bless you so that you will be a blessing. And what does Abraham do? Immediately, he edifies an altar to do what? To give praise to God for what he has done. Number one, if we're going to be a people who walk by faith, we got to be a people of gratitude. We got to be a people of grace. We got to be a people who meditate on his goodness and are a people defined by thanksgiving. You understand what I'm saying? Gratitude is not just, you know, an attitude some people have and some people don't. Gratitude is a weapon of your warfare, and gratitude is your new identity in Christ. The issue is that we want that to happen supernaturally. I don't know about you, but I want that to happen with no work. But here's what the Lord says. I've called you to be grateful. And in order for you to be grateful, you got to train yourself in thanksgiving. And if I have to train myself, it means that there are going to be circumstances that I don't want to be grateful about because my natural disposition is to complain. You understand what I'm saying here? So as we walk with God, God calls us to have this disposition in our hearts, no matter what he calls us to, a disposition of gratitude, thanksgiving. Now, you and I can always say, well, you know, the Lord made me this way. That's not the Lord. That's a sinful nature. Do not blame the Lord for the works of the flesh. And I struggle with it just as anybody. I remember I got super spiritual in my house. I started reading some books that talked about solitude, old saint book about the need for solitude and being quiet and just meditating on the Lord, right? And I thought, man, I got this. This ain't hard. And I just got in my kitchen. I was washing dishes. You know, Becca was not home, my wife. And I was just, I'm just going to be solitude time with me and big Jesus. And I'm just going to enjoy this. And while I'm washing dishes, I'm supposed to be focused on Jesus. But somehow, some way, I got into like 10 different arguments with 10 different people. And I got into this big fight with my wife, and she wasn't even there. <laughs> I was like, what is happening to me? <laughs> you know, okay. All right. I'll, you know what I'm talking about? You want to know why? Because I needed to train myself in gratitude. I needed to train my heart to give praise and thanksgiving unto the Lord. And let me tell you, it's in that secret place that you need victory so that you can have victory in your marriage. I'm speaking to somebody right now. It's in that secret place where you need 
gratitude so you can have victory in your parenting, in your finances, where you say, God, I'm grateful for you and what you've provided. First altar, an altar of praise. Second altar, altar of prayer or the altar of direction. The Bible says that Abraham looked around at all the land that God had promised. What did he do? He edified an altar. For what purpose? To seek the face of the Lord. To seek the face of the Lord. You know what happened? Abraham said, boy, I don't know how the Lord's going to give me this land called Shechem, of a people of a strong back and shoulders. I don't know how the Lord's going to give me all of this land. I, I can't do this in my own will. I can't do this in my own strength. I can't do this by my power. I can't just go to the Christian library and get the seven steps to taking over the land of Canaan. You know, I can't just go by a worldly strategy here. I need to depend on the wisdom of the Lord. And if we're going to walk by faith, listen to me, if we're going to walk by faith, our hearts need to have this disposition before the Lord. Lord, I don't need the strategy of men. I need the power of your Holy Spirit. I don't need the strategy you've given my brother. Praise God for what you've given him. And I'm thankful for the wisdom I can receive from that. I need to hear your voice. I need to know your direction. Some commentaries would say that from that moment on, Abraham was very careful about his steps. Why? Because he lived in this place of seeking the face of the Lord. It's so important that you and I make a commitment. And number one, I'm going to be grateful for the Lord for what he has done. Number two, I'm going to live my life in submission, seeking the direction of the Lord. Seeking the direction of the Lord. I was in a pastoral conference, and, uh, you know, a question was asked in the roundtable that we were in, and the question was, how do you know when you're supposed to pick up a big endeavor and do something great for God, right? And somebody said, well, you know, I just do it in hopes that God will bless it. You just do it and hope that God would bless it? That's the wrong way to go about life. Listen, it's the wrong way to go about life. You can get into a whole lot of debt and run your family into many crashes if you just do things and hope that God blesses what you're doing. Are you with me? Well, you know, the Lord knew I needed a car, so I went and bought a car with a payment greater than my house payment, but I know the Lord's going to bless it. No, I don't. I don't. No, he may bless you with bankruptcy. <laughs> if you call that a blessing. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I'm, not, I'm just... I'm just saying, you know, I'm not, I'm not throwing stones here. I'm saying it's much better. You heard it before. It's much better to do what God has blessed instead of hoping that God blesses what we're doing. It's a whole nother mentality. Are you with me? Third, the third altar that Abraham had in his life. It was the altar of peace. Well, the Bible called Abraham to take the land, and God said to him, leave your father's house. And I will take you into a land that I have promised you, you know, and you will be a blessing and all this stuff. And what does Abraham do? He leaves and he takes Lot with him. God didn't say nothing about Lot. This ain't the call of Lot, right? But Lot goes with Abraham. And as they go through the journey, God blesses both of them. But it is very clear that Lot stands in the way of what God is wanting to do in Abraham's life. And so as they try to do life together and Abraham tries to hold on to this relationship, conflict begins to happen. 
You know, when you begin to serve the Lord and somebody's not really walking with the Lord and you're trying to hold on to the relationship, but there's some real tension. There's some real tension that's beginning to take place. And it's felt. And eventually, Abram has to make peace with the reality and he has to part ways with Lot. After he parts way with Lot, let me tell you, the Bible doesn't give us a description, but this was a hard thing for Abram. And after he part. After he parts ways, the Bible says he edified an altar there and declared, the Lord is my peace. Abram had an altar of peace, and I'm going to describe to you what that means. If you walk by faith, you don't, we don't get to the, dictate the terms to God of the journey. We don't get to say, God, I'll serve you, but this needs to happen this way, this needs to happen that way, this happens. And if all those things stay right there, then you're so good, and we're going to do this. We don't get to say to God, God, I'll, you know what, I'll, I'll just do this journey of faith with you. This is my strategy. If you can just bless my strategy, we'll do this. You know, you don't, we don't get to tell God how this journey of faith is going to go. And we also don't get to tell God what we're going to part with and what we're not going to part with. Because if we walk with God eventually, you got to count your losses. Anybody with me today? So it wasn't only an altar because there he received peace, but it was an altar because there he made peace. He said, basically, you know what? I'm at peace with your will. I'm at peace with your plan. I know that it's not about me. I make a decision from this point on to be at peace with whatever you desire. You're in control, not me. If you and I are going to walk with Jesus, we got to come to this point where we say, Lord, turn my eyes towards the heaven. Tune my ears to your command. Help me boast in my position, for you are God and I am man. We got to get to this place where we say, you're God and I'm not. And I've come to peace with that reality. And church, can I tell you, this is a tough word for me. I don't say this bouncing up and down like I got it together. But if we're going to follow Jesus, we got to count our losses. You can't follow Jesus and keep everything you have right now. We cannot follow Jesus and keep everything we have right now, which leads to the fourth altar, the altar of provision. So God called Abraham and he said, Abraham, come with me. And Ab Abraham responded to the Lord. And in part of this journey that Abraham had with the Lord, part of this journey, God actually asked Abraham to give up the very promise. Abraham was given a son, Isaac. And God said, I want you to give up everything that I've given you. I want you to give up the call. I want you to just give this up to me. And Abraham had come to a place where he had what? He had already made up his mind that he was at peace with God's will. And so that's why when we read the story that Abraham just went up to the mountain to sacrifice his son, you know, it sounds so callous. But he had suffered so much on the journey. He had been through so much on the journey that he said, God, I'm at peace with whatever you desire. Church, listen, the Bible says that we will go through trouble. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous. Many are the troubles of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver us out of them all. The Bible says, Jesus speaking, in this world you will have trouble, but take courage. I've overcome the world. Being a Christian doesn't make us exempt from trouble. 
It just means that our trouble has purpose if we trust in the Lord, if we lean on the Lord. And he was at peace already, so he was going up the mountain to sacrifice his son. And you know the story. We're not going to get into that this week, but God provides a substitute. So instead of sacrificing Isaac, he sacrifices the ram. And there he says, the Lord, Jehovah, is Jireh. Yahweh is Jireh. God is my provider. And we'll close with this. This journey of faith, in this journey of faith, God will reveal one step at a time. In this journey of faith, as we walk in this journey, as we say yes to his will, we will notice we will notice that God will lead us in his way only according to his way and not according to ours. We will begin to learn how to be at peace with his will. We will begin to learn how to be at peace with his will. And ultimately in this journey, when you give up everything to the Lord, you're going to see that God is your provider. Not you, not your strength, not your resources, not your will but you're God. He's your everything. Would you stand with me today?